You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Is it a hangover or is it mercury poisoning? Uh. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra, Brazilian Thai. Thai, have you ever had an endless shrimp hangover? No. <laughs> I've had shrimp in my life twice. Uh, well... I think I'm having one right now. <laughs> Do, is it a hangover or is it mercury poisoning? Uh, <laughs> what now? What is mercury poisoning? Because I'm not. I'm not. Well, I know what it is, but what does it feel like? Because I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> uh, let me just do a quick thing here. Um, oh, good. Anxiety, depression, irritability, memory problems, numbness, tremors. So, you know, just our life. Are you life. making that up? No. That's me to a T. <laughs> That's, that is us. Um, <laughs> impaired vision and hearing, paralysis, insomnia, emotional instability. Whoa. So, yeah, like, like, are you just, just reading being, my horoscope? It's being or a millennial. <laughs> it's being a millennial. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, my downfall was ordering a few orders of the breaded uh, shrimp and uh, also having a few uh, biscuits. But how can you turn down a biscuit at Red Lobster, man? You can't. You don't. You can't. Yeah, it's impossible. It's not it's like impossible. fish at Popeyes, like where you can turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> at ATB, we make banking work for you with expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit ATB.com. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right. It was the final week of the CFL regular season. There was one more position to be figured out in the Grey Cup playoffs, and that was going to be who was going to host the Eastern semifinal. Now, if, <laughs> if Montreal beat Ottawa... They would have been in into that position until Hamilton probably beat Saskatchewan. But Ottawa just took that right out of Montreal's hands and on Friday Night Football beat them 19-18. Look, I know Standback was resting for the second half. I know Eugene Lewis didn't play. But, I mean, as a Montreal Alouette fan... Would you be worried going into the playoffs? Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is that you don't get to play at home. I mean, 
they come in that second half, and like you said, William Sandback rested, and, and Eugene Lewis wasn't <clears throat> in, in the lineup at all. But you basically just said, you know, we really don't care what happens in this game. I, I think they I mean, they must feel like they can beat Hamilton. I mean, I I probably take him or I probably take Montreal over Hamilton at this point right now, just because of uh, how the end of the seasons have gone for those two teams. But um, if you're a fan, you kind of look at it like, well, you basically just punted on it, like you didn't care. That's what it looked yeah, it's just, like. It's just a, it's crappy for your fan base. Uh, it also made it so that literally no other game mattered, which kind of sucked for just watching football in general. We kind of thought this one was the gimme. Mm-hmm. And, well, like you said. one of it, the two. Right. It seemed like they just didn't care. Yeah. Maybe the refs didn't either. Kahari Jones forced to use his first two challenges mm-hmm. in the first quarter. I don't know if I've seen that. Two successful challenges within yeah. about five minutes of each other in the first quarter. <laughs> but if, if you're going to do that, you're obviously trying to win the football game, right? Well, exactly. So then what, what was that second half? That's that's the point. I, I get I get, you know, not wanting stand back to get hurt and saving him, yeah. right, for the playoffs and, and, you know, Lewis not playing and, and whoever else. But if you don't win this game, you're going on the road. You you can't look ahead. You see it in baseball all the time. Oh, this starter scheduled for game seven, blah, 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 blah. Well, no, you got to get there first. You know, it's all hands on deck in that game six. It's got to be all hands on deck here for the Owls in that second half. Even even if he rests for the third quarter, he's got to go back in in the fourth. You know, stay on, the, get on the bike, do something to stay warm because you can't let this game. You can't just punt the season away. Not not like they're still in the playoffs, but I mean, I would rather play at home or at least you know have a shot. But I think they knew the writing was on the wall that Saskatchewan was resting everybody. I don't really think it mattered. That's maybe I don't, I don't know if teams really operate like that, but I know fans sure do. Looking that Saskatchewan, you, you, you was, really think Kahari Jones looks at that Saskatchewan depth chart and sees Isaac Harker starting and uh, Fajardo not even on the roster and says, "Oh yeah, we we need to win this game because Hamilton could lose." Well, like, I guess we've seen. Stranger Things this season. <laughs> yeah, but nothing that crazy. <laughs> well, here's the thing. At the end of the game... Um, mind you, Ottawa, Ottawa did win a game with, what, 70 yards of passing? Yeah, that's true. And they earned this one. Like, it was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had that turnover late in the game, but they had to drive 96 yards to get that touchdown. Yeah, I thought it was over. I, I, I didn't think they had a chance. It wasn't a gimme. They had to no. engineer quite the drive to do it. And then I love mm-hmm. the call, going for two. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? And then they did it. What, 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 does, going, what does getting to overtime get you? Yeah. That was, it was good for Ottawa, something to cheer for at uh, mm-hmm. the end of the season. Now... They they don't. <laughs> they're not going to have that number one draft pick because Edmonton is uh, the worst team in the Canadian Football League this year. Like from from the top down, really. Yeah. So that, it doesn't really matter if you don't have the first overall pick, though. 
And no, I, I don't I, think so. I don't think so in the CFL. I, I, I just see a lot of times. Well, and I, I actually look at the first round from the 2020 draft and you know what? A lot of those players are playing in, uh, in the league this year. And, a lot of times that doesn't happen. A lot of times those first few rounds in the CFL draft, uh, teams go for the guys with the highest upside and not necessarily mm-hmm. the guys that are going to contribute you know, right off the bat. But that being said, BC had the first pick in 2020. Jordan Williams, the linebacker, gets picked, and uh, he's the rookie of the year. He had a great season as BC's linebacker. But a lot of times, those number one picks, uh, Mm. they can be disappointing. A lot of them are big risks. Uh, But if you're number two, Big risks because they have have the opportunity to go to the NFL as well, right? Like, I mean, you can't fault a kid for for going that direction first because the money is way better. Of course. Of course. Uh, Good for Ottawa. I just find it funny that everybody knows they're tanking (laughs) at the start of the year. Like it was so obvious, right? And they couldn't do that properly, <laughs> and they they could they couldn't even lose properly. It was it's an interesting conversation for Montreal. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know Vernon Adams mm-hmm. Jr.'s uh, status, but say they make it to the East Final and he's healthy, or the Grey Cup, and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Are they sticking with Harris or what are they doing? Two words. And I'm going to use your own information against you. Casey Printers. <laughs> I brought it up to you, the 2004 Grey yeah. Cup. D- Dave Dickinson gets hurt earlier in the season. Uh, Printers takes over, wins the MOP award. <laughs> wins the MOP and doesn't get to start the Grey Cup. Yeah, doesn't start the Grey Cup while healthy. And then that team. They lose. Lost the Grey Cup, uh, coached by the great Wally Buono, by the way. This is Harris's. This is Harris's starting. If they if they go to the Grey Cup, it's going to be on Harris's arm. Yeah, I, unless I he think gets he hurt too. He's got some good receivers to throw to. Jake Winicky had some dynamite catches mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, Dante Absher did as well, and Reggie White Jr. had a beautiful catch. Uh, yeah, that's all it was. It was just no intensity in the fourth quarter and. No, <laughs> cost them. They were the playing game. to not get hurt. They were they were just playing self preservation at that point. Yeah, so a Which bit I, of an. I exit. can't really blame them, but no, a bit of an exit interview for the Ottawa Red Blacks right now. I guess okay. This should they're be going to have a new general manager in place, hopefully mm-hmm. by the new year. But with the way that. The Grey Cup so close to Christmas. Maybe we're waiting until the new year for that announcement. I'm guessing there's going to be a new quarterback at the helm going into 2022. Do they want... Why? Because Dom is a free agent? He is, actually. And I have... Uh, the free agent list right now. It's not sexy. McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Zach Kalaris. Who's re-signing in Toronto. Who's re-signing in Winnipeg. Dom Davis. Who is not getting signed by anybody. Three Ticat quarterbacks. Evans, Mazzoli, Watford. I think they re-signed Mazzoli. 
I think they re-sign Evans. I don't know. That is one to watch. They they can't keep them both. Yeah, that's the most interesting one. Uh, Isaac Harker, uh, Jake Mayer, Sean McGuire. Sean McGuire. There's the guy. Yeah. There is the guy. <laughs> that, that that is the CFL's Zach Hyman. <laughs> That's the free agent list. Hey, I'm just saying, man. Zach Calaris, his, uh, I think he married a girl from Southern Ontario. They got two kids. Hey, Toronto's want to open up the pocketbook. They, they, they don't want McLeod Bethel Thompson. They've made that clear pretty much every year for the last five years. <laughs> he was just handed the keys to the Ferrari and put them in first place, though. <laughs> That's more of a pinto, but <laughs> just watch him go to Toronto. Watch him go to Toronto. Oh my God. That'll be something to watch in the off season. Uh, the BC Lions beat the Edmonton Elks forty-three to ten. It was the what was left of the Elks. Yeah, the third game of uh, the 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 three games in seven days, and it showed like. Even Taylor Cornelius, which, you know, a week ago against Saskatchewan, he had some zip on the ball. He was actually looking Mm -hmm. pretty good in those two games. I think his arm was done against BC. Like, he was under three. He couldn't get anything on it. No. And, I mean, you can't blame blame the guy. I don't don't care. I don't don't care how good you are, how how good a shape you're in that. You throw the ball that many times in a week, it's going to take its toll. Um, Can you name... The quarterbacks that scored more fantasy points than Taylor Cornelius this week. Well, it's Nathan Rourke. It's literally everybody. Oh, <laughs> was he even in the, the positives? Guys, even the guys that didn't play. Oh, he was negative. Him. Negative four point nine. Ooh, not even negative like point one. Negative four. Vernon Adams Jr. Zero better week. <laughs> Dom Davis better week. Paxton Lynch, better week. <laughs> Empty position, better week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, we didn't get to it last week, but the award nominees for all of the teams were announced. Mm-hmm. Derek Moncrief as Edmonton's most outstanding defensive player. Doesn't that scream... We're trying to re-sign this guy. Let, let, let's try to butter him up a little bit. One hundred percent. Because I don't know. I, I just thought Tremaine Washington deserved In Washington. that nod for Edmonton. What do you yeah. have? Six picks. Yeah, he tied for the lead league. Well, I don't know after like, this what, final week, but he was. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's, That's all the it thing. Is. Like the teams, the teams put forward their own nominees, right? So I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I mean, yeah, okay. I get why, but it's not like he he didn't dominate. Talking about Moncrief, he, he didn't have a dominant season at that position. I just I don't and see he played half how the he year. gets that. Uh, and he only played half the year. I that. It just makes it screams 
Like, yeah, this is just to butter him up. But I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna be in the final two. He's not gonna go to the CFL award. So I don't know what you get from that. And yeah, uh, Washington tied Carryell Brooks with five picks to to lead the league. I, oh, what a dumpster fire! <laughs> you know, one of the things that stands like they didn't out have to anybody. Me. They didn't have anybody else in the top ten of any like the the five Stats. defensive categories that they show the leaders for. He's the only one. In the top wow. ten, wow! Like what? He's your, me. he's your he's your he's your defensive MVP. <laughs> strikes me about the list. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, and I think he's gonna he's gonna get paid in the off season. But I, I think it was a an interesting choice uh, at yeah. defensive we'll call player it for that. Edmonton. <laughs> what was really interesting to me was that only a third of the teams had a quarterback as MOP. And uh, that's Toronto, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. I feel but, like I mean, that's going to be a record. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you, you look at it. Hamilton, you can't really take one. Uh, Ottawa can't. Montreal, you can't. Oh, Montreal can Ottawa can't. even nominate players? <laughs> Calgary, well, their quarterback uh, was hurt. Bo, and then they had Mayer come in, so... That was yeah, a good choice. Right. Edmonton's James Wilder, BC. I, I, Riley had a good year. He was hurt for most of it. But let, let's talk about BC here. And, and they touched on it a little bit during the game. I think Nathan Rourke has a future in the CFL, and I don't just think mm-hmm. because of this performance. He, yeah, he, he, was, he, he was able, <laughs> able to put on a show. But... This year, unintentionally, became one mm-hmm. of the best ways to develop a quarterback. And I find a lot of times in the CFL, they move on from guys too fast. It takes time to get the game and get the speed and figure out the CFL and this this level and this game. But not only was he able to get into games and have some reps... He Those got, games mattered. And he got almost most of the practice reps because Riley couldn't practice during the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not coming in and mop-up duty. He's not playing, you know, that last game of the year because it doesn't matter, although he did. But, like, you know, he's, it's not like the Winnipeg situation where they're home and cooled off and, oh, we can just, you know, rest guys for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, get get some reps in for the kit. Or, no, it wasn't that. It was he had to take a lot of reps. Uh, and then, you know, he's they're very active on the sideline, him and Riley together, because they have to be. Because you never know when Riley's going to have to come out of that football game. Right. You know, and so uh, the majority of the games he played, every game he played except for the last one mattered to, to the Lions, or the last two games, like, they were they they were alive. Uh, you know, so there was pressure there, uh, but at the same time he's young, so it's not like it's, you know, a do or die. They're they can help him work through stuff. It's not, he's not just, you know, getting a couple practice reps here and there playing, you know, the backups game at the end of the year. And hopefully it's enough. He was fully involved in that offense from the get go. He practiced a lot with the ones and Mm -hmm. there's only so many practice reps to go, go around in the CFL. If if you don't have practicing with the ones, you're, you're trying your best to show what you're doing yeah. with the backups, and 
Here's the thing. I, I already heard people saying, oh, they should move on from Riley in 2022 and uh, – give it to Rourke right now. I think that's silly. But I think if they go next year and Riley and Rourke on the sideline again, and I think Riley is like one of the perfect guys to learn from uh, Mm -hmm. in the CFL. He's coming up, I think, 37 years old. And he went through a similar situation on the sideline with Travis Lule back in the day. And I think Riley is such a pro that, yeah, he'll help groom Rourke through 2022 and that Riley contract's going to expire and maybe 2023, BC's his team. He, he's your quarterback coach, and Mike Riley is the quarterback's coach. <laughs> and I just think the way that, well, and this all, <laughs> of course, if Riley's able to play, you know, 90% of the games next year and uh, Rourke doesn't have to get thrown into the fire. I think that's such a good way and a good opportunity to develop this kid and really Mm -hmm. make sure that he, because a lot of quarterbacks, they go in and then it's just right to the lions and not no pun intended there. Like you're just, (laughs) you're, if you want blood, you've got it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think the, the only issue with that that I have is the money. The only issue I have with that is the money. Like well, next year they're both under Michael, contract. Right? But, I mean, you can still cut Mike, Michael Riley before roster bonuses are due. Yeah, he is getting paid a lot of money. So Right, and it's not it's not the money. It's not that he's getting paid a lot to sit on the bench. It's not that he's getting paid a lot. It, it's the fact that you're going to have – him making what upwards of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars again? Yeah, yeah. When for the last two seasons we've already seen it doesn't work because you can't put an offensive line around him. The defense isn't as good. There's just uh, one fifth of your salary cap is wrapped up in one guy. Granted, when he signed that deal, arguably the best quarterback in the league, if not second best. Yeah, yeah. It was it was him and Bo. And here we are, where he's getting run over every game by the defensive line and that's what made it possible for Nathan Rourke to develop so good this year. I, I get not wanting to rush to rush Nathan. I get that. But in my eyes, and maybe I'm completely off base here, but I, I just think you're punting on next season if you if you bring them both back and, and do this again. Interesting. You know what I mean though? Like it's been two seasons of this and it hasn't worked. Yeah. They they totally revamped the defensive line, still didn't work. Like you got so much money wrapped up on that in Michael Riley's contract that it's really hard to to protect them. I we got an email to and out uh CFL at gmail dot com. Michael Walker asking us and I, I did answer him, he said, Do you think that Riley's salary subconsciously affects game planning? He says, After all, you're paying him all that money it might be subliminally hard to justify taking the ball out of his hands to give it to a running back who might be making 20 to 30% of that money. And that that's probably if you're lucky, he, he that running back may be making seven to 10% of for what Riley's yeah. getting paid. And I, I don't think, think it's subliminal. I think it's a good point. You're paying him that money, put it in his hands, and if he fails, he fails. 
Yeah, uh, yes and no. I mean, you have to give him a chance. Like, you have to give him the tools to succeed. Yeah. Right? Like, they totally didn't have a running game. And I don't think that's because of the money Mike Riley makes. I think it's just because they didn't have a well, I can't even say they didn't have a good because they didn't. They did. I can't even say they didn't have a good enough O line for the run game because they just didn't hand the ball off. They didn't commit um, to it. No, they didn't commit, and so. But is that because they're paying it, Riley that much money? Well, well, I think it is. I think it probably does affect game planning a little bit, but I don't think it's subliminal. I think it's on purpose. Right. Right. But but I mean now you're just if if you're gonna do that like you're just oh, you're gonna. You're not setting him up for success. Like at 37 years old, for him to be throwing the ball 40 times a night. Yeah. I mean, with an elbow that's ear back and go with an elbow that's falling off. Yeah. An O line that is basically Ronnie Rassico. <laughs> like what? Like I mean, you're just you're just begging for him to stay alive at this point. And it's like I mean, he's just getting run over every game. Like I said before, like I, I just I don't I understand that. Like I get I, I understand the idea. I, and I think that there probably is something to do with that, but I don't think it's on the coaching staff entirely. I think Michael Riley might have a little bit of something to do with that as well, thinking that you know he can throw himself out of trouble and and win games like that. But I think, but at the same time, like he seems like such a team guy that I don't know if he would really think like that. Like it's kind of a yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of screwed up. So they've got talented receivers. Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, Dominic Rhymes had mm-hmm. he had over three hundred yards receiving in the last four weeks of the season. So yep. he started getting involved in the offense. They've got Canadians: Katoy Johnson. Uh, Durant. So it's not the receiving core that, but it's just too reliant on the big play. And if the big play doesn't happen, uh, the defense, if they're not able to force turnovers, then they're just not making the stops they need to make. So that that's what needs to happen in BC. They need some balance with their offense. As for Edmonton, I think they had a decent defense this year. Uh, but they weren't able to get any pressure on the quarterback. There was so much high hope for Kwaku Boatang and Matthew Betts, Canadian defensive ends, but they weren't able to get pressure and they weren't able to force turnovers and mistakes. Yeah. So, th- of course. So th- that needs to be evaluated by the Elks. Pretty much everything needs to be evaluated. Uh, by that team from the top down. What what would you like to see in general? And I've been thinking a lot about this. I, I feel like if there was one offense, because <laughs> what we see in the CFL now is a lot of times there are four defensive linemen pinning their ears back, rushing the quarterback, and a lot of times they're able to get to the quarterback. And then... You've got basically eight guys in coverage because the linebackers are so fast that they're basically coverage guys now. So when you got four or five receivers against eight guys in coverage, like like do the math and teams Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
I think you'd be able to run against that. Yeah, you can run against it, run across the face of the defense with Pat with your routes, create routes that, you know, go in front of the linebackers or find that soft spot between the linebackers and the secondary. You know, have have plays where routes, their option routes where a guy can sit down in a in a in a soft spot and look for a pass there like it just seems like everybody just wants to go for that 50-50 ball cuz they want the big chunk. Well, it's I don't want to say it's boring cuz I mean those plays are exciting, but if they're going to happen every third play, I mean and and fail most of the time and it, yeah. it gets pretty it gets pretty boring. I think maybe CFL offenses and offensive coaches need to start to uh change their thinking a little bit and mm-hmm. not be so stubborn and stuck in their ways. We know that happens, and we know sometimes that OCs get bored with running the ball because <laughs> they just don't. We, we see it everywhere. They, they've got some of the best running backs, <laughs> and they don't give them the ball. They, they, they want to overthink the only place, it. And, the only place it doesn't seem to be an issue is Winnipeg. Right, right, exactly. Um, and with the way uh, the structure and the ratio is now, uh, teams are loaded up on, you know, defensive linemen that are going against. Some of them got cut from the NFL, or they've been working against top tier talent in the NCAA, and then they come here and they're playing against Canadians that came from junior or U sports, and they're not allowed to have contact in practice. And on top mm-hmm. of that, I think this would be big if CFL offenses went to more. Uh, no huddle and really just went right to the line of scrimmage. And because you see like Winnipeg's a perfect example. They dress like six or seven defensive linemen. They're constantly rotating. They're always fresh and they're destroying. And if the offense doesn't sub, then the defense can. Yeah. But if you get, if you get caught, you get caught. They're destroying offensive lines. And I think if you keep them on the field Mm -hmm. and keep, but it's, it's I, well, and the front office cap uh, has a lot to do with less coaches yep. on both sides of the ball. There's a, lots of discussions to be had this off season, and <laughs> with that CBA coming up, I'm not exactly sure <laughs> this is going to be a yeah. smooth off season. No, and like when that when that front office cap came in, it kind of seemed like a good idea because it kind of put everybody on the level playing field. Yeah, it kind of did, you know, but it's been terrible. Well, and because now lots of teams get stuck with terrible contracts, or not terrible contracts, but, you know, they sign a coach to a three-year deal, and he goes, you know, in two years, for the sake of it being an 18-game season, he goes 5-31. and 31. Well, you can't fire him because he can't afford it. And, yeah, the, and sometimes well, you they've can't lost. Afford it. If you want to fire him, you want to fire him, but you can't because you wouldn't be able to bring another guy in because of the cap. Like, it. You're, now you're just handcuffing teams and you're affecting yeah. coaching. Yeah, which they've lost you know, the entire is, locker room and like Edmonton, really. Yeah. Yep. And when that happens, what, what do you do? <laughs> Keep them around for another. Get, <laughs> yeah, you just have to play it out. Like, how fun yeah. is that? Yeah. Third game of the week: Saskatchewan uh, going to Hamilton, getting smashed twenty-four to three. Yep. Uh, I, I, I thought that Fajardo should have played because the mm-hmm. offense wasn't getting any rhythm. 
But when you nope. see the offensive line that Saskatchewan dressed, not playing Fajardo was the right choice. <laughs> I can't blame Man. the quarterbacks that played. I can't blame Harker no. or Fine. They had zero time. No. Um, yeah, the O-line left something to be desired. Uh, I, I think if everybody's healthy and you know, able to play, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't have Fajardo in there. It, it looked like all of Winnipeg, Calgary, and Saskatchewan did not want to tip. Well, and coaches are yeah. paranoid, right? They, oh, God. Well, and maybe for good reason. We In the BC game, that Quadri Henderson injury was oh, man. horrific. And w- when you get hurt in the, the last game of the year in a meaningless game that could lose mm-hmm. your whole next season, which is, Oh, I think his season, I think his next season is probably done, which is, it's so terrible. It's so, un- yeah, you can't it sucks to see that. And even Calgary, yeah. we saw rock Thomas, uh, get hurt mm-hmm. in that game too. It definitely not as serious as the Henderson injury for, no. for BC and two. With that with that Henderson injury, it's nobody's fault. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it just happens. Special yeah. special teams is an absolute. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things, and, and, and yeah, in the NFL, everybody complains and bitches about you know the lack of kickoff returns and stuff like that and the fair catch. But I mean, I wonder how many injuries it's really saving. That it does happen to offensive linemen a lot too. So I mean, yes, not to that extent. Right, nah. It, you know what I mean, a, though. But it, it just—you have twelve guys going up full speed. Yeah, yeah. All, all going to the same spot. Like, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. Really, it's a, it's a tough one. Right, yeah. A positive for the riders, Mitchell Pickton. I mean, mm. when I saw 81 make the catch, I was like, he's a big kid, and he's been on the roster this year. Uh, eight catches, 52 yards. I, I think he could be one of those big targets in the future for Saskatchewan. And I think Justin McInnes, Braden Linnaeus, good Canadian receivers. When you got Shaq and Duke and uh, Kyron Moore when he's healthy going, I think the Riders have a good receiving core. But uh, Hamilton yeah. was playing basically their starting defensive line against a backup offensive line. And uh, th- they were all over them. And I don't know, was this an audition for both Mazzoli and Evans to play in the playoffs, or is Mazzoli their guy? So I, I think Mazzoli's their guy. Yeah. It I, was I, a t- tough game against you Toronto. You cannot start Dane Evans this week. You can't. Right. They got a tough decision in the offseason. I know you said you think they're going to sign Mazzoli. I think they're going to sign Evans and let Mazzoli go. Watch them sign Watford. <laughs> I, maybe if they sign Mazzoli, this is his last chance. Much like I, 2013 was probably Darian Durant's last chance in Saskatchewan. And mm-hmm. he made it happen. Of course, 2014, he got hurt. And then it was kind of downhill for Darian after that but he was losing favor in Saskatchewan and that last chance he he long, made it happen how long do you think it is before Fajardo has run out of town oh I I think he's got I think he's got next season 
But if yeah. uh, the offensive line, while well, they'll have Taron Vaughn back, they hope. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> these these guys with another year under their belt, maybe some more weight on them, a little bit, another year older, maybe they'll Eat be able some to. some pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like you bring up Darian Durant, like Henry Bur- Hank the Shank got run out of town, Darian Durant got run out of town. Yeah, yeah. Fajardo, Fajardo's going to lose on Sunday to the Stamps. Like, just accept it. That's what's happening. <laughs> hey, Next I'm not year, driving 17 hours for this. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well. Next year, if he loses, the, if they don't make the playoffs or he loses the West Semi again, I I just don't, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know lose, how long fans are going to just accept it. Losing, it used to be, you know, a decade and a half between home playoff games in Regina. Mm-hmm. Now they seem mm-hmm. to be an annual occurrence, but they still haven't so won one of them. So they don't get one, that might be it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they haven't won a playoff game at New Mosaic. Yeah, and they've basically hosted a playoff game every year since it opened. Mm-hmm. So they've got a... <laughs> they need to get that first win. Can If they don't make the playoffs next year or lose the West Semi in a year that they're hosting the Grey Cup... There will be some vitriol pointed at Cody Fajardo, I'm sure. It'll be pointed uh, everywhere. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who won't be run out of town at that point? So I, I think this might be Mazzoli's last chance. And uh, if he gets mm-hmm. it, if he gets the ball in the, the West Semi against uh, Montreal, and then he gets to try, if they beat Montreal, of course, uh, to avenge that. That loss against Toronto a few weeks ago, the battle for first place at BMO Field. Like, that performance, <laughs> that was not good from the Tiger Cats at all. And I'm, I, I want to wonder what's going to happen with Brandon Banks. He did have a touchdown uh, in this game against Saskatchewan, 3 for 34, but not the same. Brandon Banks that we've seen in the past, and they did mention it on the broadcast. Braylon Addison was in the lineup all 2019, and he was flying all over the field. They're hoping to have him on the field for the East Semi against Montreal, and that will be a big part and a big addition to that offense for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, for what for what Brandon Banks has done this season is. In like in his career, and especially in the last three, four, five years, this season's a huge letdown, yeah. statistic wise. Um, I think three different starting quarterbacks had a lot to do with that. Uh, you know, maybe the year off. Uh, but you know, like you said, Braylon Addison played played really well. Uh, picked up a lot of the slack when Brandon Banks wasn't performing. And they have guys like Tim White, Stephen Dunbar, Jalen Acklin. Like they have the pe- the pieces there. That they don't want to keep Banks next year. I don't. If if this is the Banks that it is now, it's not that big. It's not as big as a loss as it would have been two, three years ago. Right, right. Last game of the week. <laughs> so the Bombers. Yeah. I think. What did they need to give up seven points or less in the fourth quarter to set the CFL record? And the Stamps mm-hmm. scored all of their points in the fourth quarter with <laughs> making mm-hmm. it a 13-12 to 12 win. But 
Now, Bo Mitchell wanted to play this game. He wanted to see Winnipeg. He wanted to get some rhythm before the playoffs. He played an entire half and had 39 yards passing. Some great rhythm. That did not work at all. And (laughs) even Reggie Bagleton's this defense, though. Well, yeah, that's a good call. Reggie Bagleton basically said it. Yes, you want to go in there and you want to get a rhythm going, but you're playing another team. (laughs) It's not just playing your own team in practice. So (laughs) they get paid on the other side of the ball, too. Yeah. Well, and how about Adam Big Hill still taking snaps in the fourth quarter? Like, what a player. There's a fine line. Between bravery and stupidity, <laughs> and he's in walking. a game that <laughs> in a game that doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah, Caleros. I mean, he's done what he's done for most of the year. Seven of ten for seventy-three yards, including a thirty-nine-yard gain to uh, Rashid Bailey. That Johnny Augustine, I think Winnipeg's got decisions to make it running back in this offseason. 23 carries, 148 yep. yards. This guy was not drafted. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, I don't know how that one... Uh, I don't know how... No other team saw this or invested in him. I, I don't know if it's the height. I don't know what it is. But... I, I think Augustine can be an all-star in the CFL. And, yes, he's behind Stanley Bryan and Jamarcus Hardrick and company in the Winnipeg offensive line. But uh, I think Augustine's got a future in the CFL for sure. Oh, but it seems whenever he gets opportunities, it's not like he wastes them. Yeah. He, he puts up numbers. Exactly. He, he, he moves the ball. He protects the ball. Um, you know, if they lose – if they don't, if they want to get away from Andrew Harris, I think Augustine and Oliveira as a tandem. I mean, that's not a terrible way to go. No, it's not. They're probably saving money too. No, I would think so. And shipping costs. <laughs> Free shipping, <laughs> next day delivery. <laughs> yeah. And that Amazon Prime, those Amazon Prime steroids will get you on the back end. Yeah. Winnipeg didn't score a touchdown, four field goals on five attempts for Sergio Castillo. I guess that's got to be encouraging for Winnipeg. Maybe they should have, these last two games, only kicked field goals to make sure that they had some consistency going into the playoffs because it was an area of struggle. Don't want to wait. Don't want to waste all the good ones, though, either. Yeah. (laughs) As for Calgary, yeah. Both saw Winnipeg, and it, it didn't go well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I just don't know how this Calgary team can do in uh, in cold weather situations. That's what it was at McMahon Stadium yeah. over the weekend. It, it does look like this coming weekend in Regina is not going to be that bad, uh, but. <laughs> December 5th in Winnipeg. Uh, the Chinook oh, doesn't yeah. make it that far, Ty. <laughs> no, no, it definitely doesn't. 
<laughs> so I've been there. It does not. <laughs> I don't know if Calgary is cut out for that. Are you calling them soft? <laughs> that sounds harsh, but let's say it. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. <laughs> soft. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, they I got mean, if, the coaching. If they commit to Kadeem Carey, if they commit to yeah. Kadeem Carey, I, I think that they can, they can put up a hell of a fight in cold weather. Yeah, I think they, they can do it. But I don't know if I don't know if Bo likes playing in that. That's that's what I see. Hmm. Diva quarterback, maybe. Well, he wears a glove indoors. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> there it is. Week sixteen of the CFL season. We'll be back this week to talk about the playoffs. Six teams are in the dance. It's Winnipeg. Saskatchewan, Calgary, and it's Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I I do want to give a shout out uh, to Get Checkered. And you know what? I've actually seen a lot of people on my Twitter and things like that talking about Formula One. You need to watch Drive to Survive. Oh, Tell me about this. Is this like a documentary or something? It's on Netflix. I believe there's okay. three seasons. Oh. Um, they follow the first season. They didn't have Ferrari in it because uh, yeah. they'd never agreed to it. But they it's it's basically just a documentary of the season. Nice. And you get to see Ginger Spice. So, I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> get Checkered is also a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. See all the great shows there. Formula One, the most expensive sport in the world. And not many people, especially in this part of the world, know much about it. Especially two Canadian women living in the heart of the prairies. Catch Shanika and Caitlin, newbies to Formula One. Well, they probably know more than me. Give their uneducated hot takes and teach listeners about what they learn about the sport as they learn it. It's kind of like me in two and out. (laughs) Get Checkered is a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Now, I actually had a win in the Canadian yeah. Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge but against Safamod. much like the BC Lions, it did not matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't matter. It, but I, it was my Ottawa Red Blacks moment. Uh, I do want to <laughs> talk <laughs> U-Sports football, St. FX beating Bishops 25-17 in the Loney Bowl. The, the only good game of the weekend. The Huskies smashing Manitoba 45-17 in the Hardy Cup, the 20th in the program's history. And you saw Dwayne Ford rocking the Western, and I'm going to call it a bunny mm-hmm. hug, uh, Queens 29 nothing. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, poor <laughs> the, poor Ronnie franchise, Cup. eh? Or Roddy yeah. franchise. Yeah, what a rough day uh, for yeah. for Roddy at the, in the booth. Um, well, no, Colin. I, I do want to ask you, who are the fantasy leaders for this week, man? Uh, Nathan Workout. Just an unreal unreal week. I think we all kind of saw it coming. Pretty sure nobody put him in their lineup. 35.8. <laughs> uh, 
he ran away with it this week. Trevor Harris was second with 19.1. Uh, Antonio Pipkin against that same Elks defense, uh, not quite as beat up, but still managed 16.2. Um, and I mean, if if Masoli's going to use it as leverage, he outscored Dane Evans this week. Uh, 13.2 to 8.3. Um, as for running backs, uh, James Butler had 23.2. Don Jackson, 17.2. Johnny Augustine, 15.7. Jeshwin Antry came in there in the second half for Montreal. 12.9 was good for fourth on the week. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, not not surprising considering that they were pretty run heavy, but uh, just the fact that a half of football got them up that high. Uh, Jake Winnicky led the week led the way for receivers, 22.9. I mean, two touchdowns, heck of a week, especially with Eugene Lewis out. Uh, Curly Gittins Jr. was second. Uh, Katoy and Rhymes were third and fourth, and Tim White led the way uh, for Hamilton and got the fifth spot uh, for receivers. Should have loaded up on BC. That's the moral of the story. Uh, Yay. Yep, prob- probably. Um, can we talk about Pick'em, like regular season Pick'em, or do you want to wait and see if you can catch up? Nah, you can say whatever you want. I I think I I want to flush this uh, prediction season down the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I think I beat you by less than a hundred points. Oh, <laughs> okay. Show off. Oh, uh, no, like one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty-two points. I beat you by. Uh, but I mean. I had a hell, hell of a second half to make up ground. I was 39 and 24. Oh, overall. Yeah, overall. And I think you missed one game and you were 36 and 24. So you obviously missed three games. I did miss a few games. I mean, still 60%. I'll take so. it because at the beginning of the year it was like 10. <laughs> yeah. The beginning of the year was not pretty. <laughs> Thank the Lord, this regular season is over. <laughs> the playoffs are here. <laughs> we'll talk to you later this week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.